Hi Pallavi. Hi Anima, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. At YP, we are working on you know, celebrating 16 days of activism. So, right. firstly, just we just want to like ask you that you know, how do you feel about the whole 16 days of activism campaign in general, and like, how do you see yourself playing a role in this sort of campaign? but that's a fantastic campaign specifically that we end on december 10th on the on the human rights day and uh, what we are doing in the organization is that uh, we are just making because i work in an extremely like the biggest but the most polarized state in the country which is uttar pradesh so here it is activism about women is not even known forget about really coming on the forefront and fighting about it so there has to be a lot of awareness these 16 days of activism are not maybe enough i think the entire year we must talk about it but it is a brilliant brilliant way to just focus a lot on gender based violence for these 16 days and gravitate our energy in this direction it's a very important point that you raised that why it is stop at 16 days what do you think and like what is the understanding around gender based discrimination or violence and what does it mean to you right so arima if you if i have to talk up in the legal parlance of things gender based discrimination or violence is the violation of the civil rights under the right to gender equality which is a fundamental right guaranteed by the constitution which is so so uh, unseen but in the colloquial terms and in the common language gender based discrimination and violence is reduced to just two sectors people understand gender based violence only if it is physical violence or sexual violence but the truth of the matter is that it is present in all the sectors of the society if you're a young woman chances are that you have seen gender based violence around you or in your own life so have you witnessed this kind of gender based violence in your life or more specifically in your workspace as well considering that you know you work within legal institutions as a lawyer and you know with as a lawyer who is also very keen on you know advocating for gender equality so how has that been like so you know when the me too campaign came into be i have not known a single woman and i believe i know a number of women in my life who have not been molested or inappropriately touched as a girl child when you talk about workplace specifically uh, you know it was the visibility of gender based discrimination which actually catalyzed my movement towards gender consulting you know in the last law firm that i was working with i was newly promoted as a senior associate and at that time i was perturbed by the underrepresentation of women lawyers at the leadership position now there were many people who might debate it as a as a clear case of meritocracy which the elitist will believe that no women are may, maybe are not that meritorious to climb the ladder position but the numbers are massive you really can't debate meritocracy to gender based discrimination and it all starts from institutions not being conducive enough to invite women to take up the same position and any kind of choices that a woman makes a, a very conscious choice that a woman makes it is debated against it so as far as promotions are concerned so if a woman is married by choice and by choice wants to become a mother it is conceived and perceived that the woman will not be potent enough to take up great jobs which require extra effort considering that there are laws in place which are supposed to deal with you know gender based discrimination or violence still it is so prevalent and like as a lawyer you're working in like various law firms and all in your experience are there 
committees that the committee against sexual harassment are they present in law firms as well you know how it's mandated to have like a cash committee right uh, are there these committees within the legal institutions as well and if there is like how active are they right so uh Sexual Harassment Act came into being because of Pichakha guidelines, which is a EHO, which is actually a landmark judgment in the Indian history, uh, in the legal uh, history. And uh, in 2017, when the amendment to the Sexual Harassment at Workplace uh, was uh, was when the Sexual Harassment Act was amended in 2017, it was a mandate for any organization. Now, any organization also means private organizations to have an internal complaints committee. Uh, if the number of employees is more than 10. Now, in India, <laughs> there are three machineries that work for the democracy, which is your legislative, executive, and judiciary. Now, the judiciary can make laws, but how well are they followed is another battle altogether. And we all know that nexus that there are huge gaps in execution of laws. Now, even in the organizations that I have worked, because these are law firms, or if I have worked with a with a FMCG and with the in-house counsel, in-house the legal uh, team of a FMCG, these are like big organizations which are under an extreme purview of the media and the other civil society groups. Now here, there were definitely uh, uh, internal complaint committee which were established. How active were they? That's debated. We've established that gender-based violence is super prevalent and it has always been. So for students especially who are studying law and who want to become lawyers, does the education one receive support the kind of conversation that needs to be had around gender-based violence within legal systems? Mm -hmm. So that's a very, very interesting question. And rather, this is uh, a topic which Yale Law School has been doing in its present research towards uh, the activism team, the 16th day of activism team at uh, in 2019. And uh, they actually are doing a research which is called that uh, law schools are actually creating weak female lawyers. Because even at law school, you know, when a girl child prepares herself to be a lawyer, and this I'm talking not just not in India, but globally. India, obviously, the numbers are massive as compared to the globe. But uh, when a woman or when a girl child decides to be a lawyer, she, she doesn't actually have a lot of role models of law, women lawyers who are celebrated. So therefore, she doesn't have really somebody to look up to. Now, the same girl, if she somehow, okay, gets into a law school, she doesn't have a lot of uh, female law professors. So back in law schools, what is really required is to have more women lawyers and to give more role models to our, to our girls. And for that, it, was, it is very important to associate the, uh, the law students with legal service authorities to give them to make, make it a mandate that they need to work in the legal aid camps and not just have theoretical knowledge of law. You know, in five years of law school, I thought that it is fantastic. The the largest democracy in the world, our most vivid uh, description of a written constitution. But after eight years of professional experience, I required that how stupid I was to understand that whatever has been written in law is the Bible's truth. So it is extremely important that back in law school, there is a practical understanding of the faults and the fallacies of law. I graduated in journalism and yeah, like it's primarily very similar in many ways. Shoots can jana, yeni karna, like bound by certain times. And I think that's probably the case with like most professions, you know, a lot of women would try to venture into. 
Okay, so moving forward with this, where policies and education can come together uh, within the legal industry to like kind of sensitize or create more space for open conversation around gender diversity and gender-based violence as well. A lot of times people are not aware of how to access these, uh, you know, these options or like how to access the law. So honestly, Arunimal, there is no dearth of laws and policies around various aspects of gender-based violence, which actually range from um, Dowry Prohibition Act to uh, to sexual harassment at workplace to protection of women from domestic violence. All these laws are there, and it is extremely important for uh, everybody, specifically for women, to just be aware of the laws and the rights that have been given to them. Like at uh, and you know. Uh, discrimination against women is in India obviously as we as we discussed before it is prevalent in all the arenas of the society but the numbers are massive in three arenas which is uh, domestic violence sexual offenses and uh, uh, discrimination at workplace um, against domestic violence actually the numbers are that huge that 42 percent of women in this country have faced domestic violence in one way or the other during their matrimony this is reported data. This is not shadow data at all. Yeah. 42% is a great number that every woman, every married woman in a matrimony has faced domestic violence. And therefore, the legislation that are available is Protection of Women from Domestic Violence Act and the Dowdy Prohibition Act. Now, coming to sexual offenses, uh, again, rape is a criminal offense in this country. And it is uh, an offense under the Indian Penal Code. Uh, so this is under sexual offenses. Now, when you come to the workplace, you know, not a lot of people really talk about gender discrimination at workplace. But the data is that uh, globally, where 37% uh, contribution, 37% women contribute to the GDP in India, where we have 930 women for 1,000 males, there's just 17% contribution to the GDP. And that has nothing to do with meritocracy. 48% women have succumbed to workplace gender handicap. And therefore, the legislations for workplace uh, uh, gender uh, parity have also are also strong. Like we have the Equal Remuneration Act, we have the Maternity Benefits Act, which has been recently amended in 2017. And they have increased the maternity benefits from, I think initially it was 12 weeks, now it is 26 weeks. And another benefit of Maternity Benefit Act, which not a lot of women are aware about, is even mothers who adopt a child are given maternity benefits. Like, it's a right. She has 12 weeks of maternity benefits. And then sexual harassment at workplace is obviously a very talked about subject. But what people really miss under sexual harassment at workplace is that they think that only sexual harassment is a part of the act. Rather, uh, un rather uh, any kind of false charges or even hostile work environment comes under the purview of the Sexual Harassment Act. So all these acts and bills are available. And uh, if uh, women want to have a recourse, there is National Commission for Women. They have a pro bono uh, legal cell, a redressal mechanism available. And women, without paying a lofty um, lawyer's fee, can go to these redressal, camp, uh, redressal um, mechanisms and avail uh, legal consulting. Similarly, under every state legal authority, like in Delhi, it is the Delhi, civil, so Delhi Services Legal Authority, there is a legal aid cell. Like how we spoke about legal aid camps for, uh, for uh, law students, there is a legal aid cell which also provides pro bono legal consulting for any kind of a survivor of uh, gender-based violence. Just having laws will not serve the purpose. 
the machinery to actualize those laws and the collateral um, areas to supplement those laws is extremely important. Thanks for summing that up because law in isolation cannot just help. Oh, I like, do agree with that. Thank and you. thank you. It's been a great conversation. 